Thank you for joining us for another episode of Sweatpants and Coffee Stains. I'm your host, Sarah Lefevers, and I'm so excited for today's guest, Alana Brown. Alana is a wife, mama four, speaker, teacher, and encourager. Today, she's going to join us as we discuss how to lead other women through the messy parts of life. Alana, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this podcast. I'm really excited to dive into these questions with you today. Hello, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I I can't think of a better uh, title than sweatpants and coffee stains. I think we all feel endeared to that. (laughs) I'm so glad you think so. I certainly am. Uh, It's definitely something that makes me feel like I'm in a safe space, uh, coffee and sweatpants. So um, really excited to have you here. And um, just for our listeners to be aware of our relationship, uh, Lana. Alana is my pastor's wife and has been uh, an influence in my household and in my marriage uh, for about three years now. And so I really wanted to, even when I was thinking through the direction that I wanted to take this podcast, you were one of the first people that came to my mind that I wanted to have on because you have so much influence in the messy parts of especially women's lives um, within the church and within your ministry. So just talk to us a little bit um, about how you remain encouraged when you're constantly fighting other people's battles alongside of them. Okay. Yeah, that's a loaded question. And also um, a lot of thoughts that come to mind because ministry, anybody that has served in any capacity or been in ministry or leadership, knows that uh, really you do become a sounding board for people and their messy parts, Um, which I want to say right off the bat, I count a great privilege um, that someone would come to me with something they're very vulnerable about. um, They're going through, it's messy. They don't want it on display, but they would confide and say, hey, I need help. Um, that's a privilege. And so mm-hmm. I, I do try to keep that in the forefront of my mind. Like this is a calling. This is something God has allowed uh, me to do. And when I keep that in the right perspective, then it helps me carry that. Um, I'm human as well, though. So I have my own messiness that comes throughout the day. A lot of little coffee splatters, I guess you could say, (laughs) that happen, you know, from the time you get up to the time you go in bed. Sometimes it's a whole dump of coffee on you. Sometimes it is those Mm. little splatters. So you carry that within yourself, within your home, within your your own struggles. And then sometimes, you know, it can be multiple things coming at you in leadership or, you know, from people you really care about that you're serving with and they come to you with their problems. So, I feel like the number one thing I cannot emphasize enough is we as leaders have to stay filled up daily. Mm. Um, If I'm running dry and we're just going to use coffee here, you know, on coffee, (laughs) my energy is low. Um, You know, it's empty. And so what happens is throughout the day, you know, I'm getting bumped and bruised from all of these things. And then somebody else dumps something on it and I really have nothing to give. Um, But the good news is Jesus Christ did not call us to do this alone. So I get to fill up daily on the fountain of living water. So Mm. every single morning I get to spend that quiet moment, which I 
highly, highly recommend those just, uh, just a few even quiet moments saying, God, I cannot do this. Make my path straight before me. You know what's going to come at me today. I need you. And, and he fills you up. And before you know it, the grace has met you all along the way. The grace mm-hmm. has met you for your own coffee stains, but it's also met you um, to deal with others. And so don't let yourself get dry. You know, stay, stay burdened about what people have going on in their lives, but also be filled with the, the Holy Spirit and, and what he has to give you. Jeremiah 2.13 so talks about it. Um, you know, it says, for my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So that's what mm-hmm. we're doing if we don't fill up with him. We're just trying to live our lives, but they, it, the water just keeps running straight out. Because we're trying to fill it with other things. That's such a great point that you bring up. Because I think a lot of times as leaders and, you know, especially you're a mom of four. Mm -hmm. um, So (laughs) you're leading quite a bit within your home as well. And so you oftentimes put your needs and problems on a back burner um, so that you can be there and show up for other people. And I think that that point that you made about that intentional time where you can fill up your cup is so important. Mm -hmm. And we really have to fight for that time. Like Mm -hmm. you said, whether it's 10 minutes in the word in the morning or a walk or going to the grocery store alone, whatever it is, um, just to have that time where we can feel renewed and refreshed so that we can pour into other Mm -hmm. people. Um, we do need to, to make sure that that's a priority in our lives and that's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, my doctor often yells at me because not, not really, but sarcastically, because I'll oftentimes cancel my doctor's appointments because it's uh, just not a priority and it's easier to cancel mine than cancel chases or mm-hmm. to miss a soccer game or whatever it is. So um, it's important to make sure that we're taking care of our needs so that we can be healthy and happy to be able to help others. That's a great, great way to start off this conversation. What do you see are some of the common messy moments that all women who are in leadership positions might be experiencing. Okay. Now this is going to, they're real practical because I feel like every woman on this planet deals with them. And the first one is hormones. (laughs) Yes. Listen, we all deal with hormones, right? We have to teach our daughters. We have to teach this next generation. Hey, this is really what's going on within your Mm. body. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think we can all unite around this. Um, We're all at different stages of life, whether we've got, you know, a teenager who's just starting to deal with hormones and all that comes with it, or you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and then you're nearing menopause, like all the (laughs) things, right? Um, And so we can unite around that is that we've got messy parts and a lot of times our hormones have to deal with that. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's just a physical part. But then I think we have this other realm of um, disappointment Mm -hmm. because as leaders, um, and I just want to add that every woman is a leader. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Every person, you're leading someone. You may not Mm -hmm. have that type A personality that's just going to take over the room or be in charge right away, but you are leading something and you're leading Mm -hmm. someone. Um, And what we do as women a lot of times is uh, I think we live in this realm of disappointment and it's because it comes from a good place. I, I really believe like, you know, Sarah, you want to be the best mom and wife that you can be. You know, you want to be 
um, successful at your career and what you're called to do. But a lot of times what is ideal doesn't always play out in a day's time. And therefore, reality becomes an illusion. Mm. And if we're living in a constant disappointment, well, my marriage is not exactly the way I want it to be. My children aren't really responding exactly the way I want them to be. Um, My job is not as successful. I'm not at the point in life I want to be. My health is not good. Then we, I mean, this is just a commonality that I see with women all the time. And they lay in bed and they say, I didn't do enough. What could I do differently? You know, and they beat themselves up. And so I think we can, we can all say we have disappointments that we have to Mm -hmm. deal with, but God doesn't want us to live that way. You know, there is a, there is a, a difference. We live in a broken world. There's an ideal, but we also live in reality. And I think we can find grace and happiness within that reality. That's really good. Thank you first for speaking to some of the more practical things that we don't always want to admit to or talk about, which are hormones. Um, and yes, I can just say, I will, I definitely relate to that aspect of it. And, um, going back to the topic of making sure that your cup is filled, making sure that your health is where it needs to be so Mm -hmm. that you can lead, I think is a great point. And then that disappointment factor. Yes. All of the things. Yes. Uh, especially being a perfectionist, it's, it's very difficult. You know, I can, I can sometimes, and I, and I know not every leader is a perfectionist, but I know for me personally, if I'm not meeting my own expectations, like I can be okay with other people disappointing me, but I can't be okay mm-hmm. with me disappointing me. Mm-hmm. So what are some ways that for that perfectionist, for that leader, for me, so <laughs> Right. <laughs> this is this is just for me. This is um, just us, right? Yep. This is just us. Um, can you encourage us to have grace for ourselves? Like, what are some ways that we can allow that that opportunity for grace to come in? You know, it's interesting. I heard a um, podcast a few months ago that really impacted me, and it was talking about being joyful. And joyful is different than being happy. You know, happy is circumstantial. Having joy is um, not circumstantial. It comes from within side. And being joyful is looking back at a moment in the day where you found joy, mm-hmm. where you did feel like you were successful at something. Maybe you didn't lose your temper in that moment and you actually handled a situation correctly, or you sat around the dinner table and everybody was laughing. Um, you, re- you replay those moments in your mind instead of replaying all the failures. Mm. And so I think that is one way we can really flip the switch on this. Okay, yeah, there were a lot of coffee stains throughout the day. But honestly, I got to drink a lot of coffee too. And that was enjoyable. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We tend to beat ourselves up over those. Mm -hmm. Replay it, replay it, replay it. And I'm not saying we don't replay something that we need to handle differently. Ask the Lord for grace and move on. But don't mm-hmm. dwell on it. So, yeah, that's you know, good. and as perfectionists, what are we doing? We're trying, we're constantly trying to perfect. And that yes. will stress you out and wear you out. And so I think we need mm-hmm. to do our best uh, in those moments, learn from our mistakes, but don't replay them over and over. Get up, you know, a just man falls seven times and riseth again. Get up yeah. and keep going. Yeah. 
No, I love that practical tip of just every day trying to find that moment that you can reflect back to that gave you that joy um, and, and training your mind to, to make that shift and not focusing on what didn't go my way, what was mm-hmm. I not able to control versus what happened and made me joyful uh, today. And I, that's a very practical way. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So it's very helpful um, when we can read unite with other women around a common uh, cause. And typically we unite around something that we're passionate about. Um, But it's very difficult for us to be vulnerable with each other. And what would you say are ways that women, especially, obviously we're speaking in terms of leadership capacities, but just in general can encourage each other not to remain in that mess mm-hmm. um, that they might be experiencing. But in order to do that, we have to also be vulnerable to share those mm-hmm. messy moments with an, with another female leader or another um, friend. So I guess that's a two-pronged question. What are ways that, that women can build that opportunity for, for someone else to be vulnerable with them. But then also, um, how do we help encourage that individual out of the messy moments? Okay. That's good. I think it's a process. Um, I think when we have to, when someone comes to us and and we should be open, right? We should be open handed. We should Mm -hmm. have our arms open and sometimes our arms are crossed (laughs) And then no one's going to come to us. So, and again, as perfectionists, as leaders, we've got a tight, tight schedule. We've got a lot of plates. We're trying to, you know, keep roll, keep moving and circling and we're juggling all of these things. So if we keep our arms open, we keep our hands open to others. And when they come to us, we need to be understanding. Uh, Sometimes our judgmental minds could immediately be like, you know, how could you? You know, they're telling you this messy part of their life. Well, I don't know about you, but if I'm sharing something that's messy in my life, I don't need a reaction of like complete shock and and horrible, you know, you're a terrible person. Uh, I want to ask the Lord to put my mind so that I can walk in their shoes. Mm. Uh, Christ said he remembers we're dust. So if God knows we're dust, he's putting himself in our shoes. Well, actually he did. He came to earth so he could walk where we walked. And so how much more should we do that with each other? Uh, so we have to be understanding. Then we have to give hope. I mean, someone that is going through a messy moment, they need hope. Hey, you can rise out of this. There is another side because when you're in the messy, all you see is dark. Yeah. Um, your eyes are they're downcast. You can't see the next step. You can't see the road ahead, but the person on the outside usually can. And so speak hope into their life. Say, Hey, it doesn't have to stay this way. And we are new creations in Christ. There is new mercies every single morning. And then lastly, I'm going to leave them there. Okay. So we're going to be understanding. Now, some people stop at the understanding. Oh girl, I get it. I know why you did that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that person's a jerk or, you know, and, you know, you want to feed into what has happened. So you want to be understanding, walk in their shoes. You want to give the hope for the future, but you have to lead them to truth. If we're not leading people to truth, we're not helping them in their messy moments. And in fact, they're going to come back with more messy because we're never just sit in the mess and not get up and clean ourselves off and move on. And so we have to lead them to truth. 
And it's not always just what they want to hear, but it is the truth. And, and it's done in love. I I don't, going back to be understanding, you're not railing on them, you know, and you're giving examples of the times that you've had a mess and you're saying, Hey, Mm -hmm. I get it, but here's how the Lord helped me. That's really good. And I wonder too, um, to that point, I'm sure there have been times where you've spoken truth into someone's life and maybe it wasn't received well. How do you not take that personally? Because (laughs) something I struggle with is like when you're, when it's, it's very hard for me, I'm very accepting and very understanding and I love to listen. I've never really been comfortable in sharing truth, which has always been something that I've, I've tried to get better at because it is so important Mm -hmm. because that's how you love someone is to share that truth, regardless of if it's easy Mm -hmm. um, to hear or not. So when someone doesn't accept it, how do you help to not be discouraged from that? Yeah, that's a really good one. (laughs) Cause I mean, I have, we have counseled and we have sat and we have cried and we have led to truth. And ultimately that decision is up to that person. And so that can be very discouraging as a leader. Um, You see the hope because you know what it can be, but when they Mm -hmm. don't choose it, you know the destruction that's going to come. And I would say that I do weep over that. I do, mm. I do mourn that because I, I know the results. I know the consequences. But again, I can't live in that. Mm. Um, I, I have to understand that every single person is responsible for their own decisions. And that goes even within your marriage. That goes within your, with your children. I mean, this is every single person stands before God and is responsible for their decision. So I can try to influence and pray and do the best that I can, but I have to release that, that it's not up to me to change them. And when I do that, then the burden rolls off my shoulders. Now I still should be burdened enough to pray and to be there for them because, Hey, the consequence may come and they may be right back. Hey, and I need to have those open hands again. But I can't carry that all day long. That's awesome. So this wasn't one of the questions that I submitted, but just kind of going through the questions here on our list and um, some of which we've already answered and talked about. And I do want to elaborate when we talk about being approachable and available for people. Um, I feel like there have been times in my life where maybe I was too available for some people. Mm. So where... Have have there been times where you've had to set up boundaries? And if so, how did you do that? Because that's something that can be very difficult as well um, when you're trying to lead and help someone in their life. Yes, I I definitely think that you've hit on a great point because there are people, and I don't mean this ugly, but will take advantage Mm -hmm. of your time and be really self-centered in it. And I think that you have to number, you have to prioritize. Okay. So I have to be filled up with God. I have to serve my family. Like they're my top priority here on this earth. And then I ask the Lord to give me wisdom on who are those people right now that I need to minister to. And someone's emergency is not your priority. Hmm, so good. <laughs> so as a leader, we feel that weight many times, but I have to recognize that if I'm walking out of a room every time I'm talking with my three teenage boys, 
and they need that time with their mom, but I'm just running to everybody else's problems. Well, who am I going to lose? Yeah. Those boys, right? Because everybody else was a bigger priority than they are. And so, Mm. you know, live in those moments, ask the Lord for direction. Who should I be ministering to? I just think that's a spirit led thing. And if it gets to a point where you feel like, okay, they're not listening. This is not being helpful. You very kindly say, I'm praying for you. I want you to make wise decisions, you know, but I, I can't be there every, every day right now, you know, and, and you're kind through it, but you do have to speak. That goes back to truth, you know, sharing truth. Yeah. Because we handicap people. I think we enable Mm. and we cannot enable. That's really good. Thank you for that. Well, I've certainly been encouraged by this and thank Mm -hmm. you for filling my cup today. Um, I've got some to do's I'm going to do after, after we're done recording this episode, (laughs) just some thought processes to go through, which I think is great. And I I appreciate that insight, but a few bonus round questions. Um, I know for a fact that you are like-minded, um, in your love for coffee. (laughs) So (laughs) what is your favorite coffee? Okay. So I was thinking about this. Now, if I go to Starbucks, I am a Starbucks. I know everybody's different, but I love Starbucks and I think Mm -hmm. it's good and strong. And I like an Americano and I just like it black. Okay. Are you an Americano girl? Yes. And every single, other than my husband, who was a guest who does not like coffee at all. (laughs) Every single person that I've had on here has said that they like black Americanos. Yay. I feel like we're all like-minded. <laughs> I Maybe it's a female leader, like alignment thing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we just need it. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I feel like That's I'm awesome. boring now because it's just black, but Hey, it's less calories and it's just good. So there you go. I'll take Very it. practical. <laughs> I like it. Um, and um, what is your favorite thing to do when you're not doing all of the things? My favorite thing and place to be is the beach. I love it. Yes. We live so close and yet I feel so far away when I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a little, I don't know. It just is such a nice getaway just for a day, even just for a few hours, just looking at the majesty of the Gulf and the white sand. Um, And if I'm sitting there in a chair and not being interrupted, I just love to read some good (laughs) magazines. It's like, um, no brain work, like Southern Living, yeah. Magnolia. Okay. I love these magazines. And I love, because I love to cook. I love home decor. Mm. Um, I love all the creative type things. So if I can let my mind kind of wander and just get ideas. I like that. So it's fun. Well, that sounds nice. That's kind of how I want to end my day, but I don't see it going that way. <laughs> right. Right. Awesome. Well, if you could have a FaceTime one-on-one with any female leader throughout history, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, I put two on here. Okay. They both have passed away real quick. Esther from the Bible. Oh my goodness. What Mm. a leader. She was fabulous. Mm. Um, She stepped up when it was hard. She was willing to save her people and, and could have been killed for it. I just, the way she handled herself so gracefully. I love Esther. And then recently Queen Elizabeth II passed away. And I love Queen Elizabeth. Uh, I think the way she handled the transitions of life, I mean, to Mm -hmm. live nearly a century, to start 
leadership when we had telegrams and end when mm. we had full internet and the world is watching um, and to gracefully do it uh, is just just such a technique and um, something I would just love to pick her brain on. That's really interesting. I guess I didn't think about that, but that is, that's quite a, a journey. Yes. Through the, through the decades. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And then what is the number one thing left to do on your bucket list? Uh, I really would love to go to Europe with my husband. Just the two of us. I got to go when I was 22 years old and I would love to go back and just to see all of the sites. I love anything European, the old cities, cobblestone streets, coffee yes. cafes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would love to do that one day. And it's definitely on my bucket list. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. I think that it's going to be an encouragement to all of our listeners. And thank you for your influence in my life and in my marriage and in my home. And um, just really appreciate your friendship. And um, thank you again for your time. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate what you're doing and um, continued blessings on this ministry. Thank you. We hope you were encouraged by this episode of Sweatpants and Coffee Stains. If you were, please do us a favor and like, share, subscribe, follow, tell a friend about us, and help us get the word out about the mission of this podcast, which is to help create a safe space for female leaders to grow and to expose the mess um, behind the success of what makes us leaders. Thank you again for listening. Until next time.